These three gentlemen take mental well-being seriously, but are not serious. They'd rather swear and make irreverent jokes. Now that you know, the Healy making mints. Hey, everybody. Welcome to We're Probably Not Okay, the world's only podcast where we make fun of mental health. Nope, that's not that's not it. Uh, <laughs> where we make fun of well-being. Yeah, let's use the second one. I'm Ryan Brown. And I'm Brandon Full. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just about to say that. I jumped the gun. I'm Brandon Full. Do, do you want to say my name, Ryan, or should I? <laughs> No, you can say it. Okay. And I'm David Musgrave. Good. Yeah. And the three of us are here to talk about our respective journeys when it comes to mental health. Being three men of a similar age who grew up in a small town in West Virginia with uh, a lot of mental health issues and strained relationships and all manner of other things, our paths diverged and took us into uh seemingly infinite number of different directions and with that came a just shit ton of buck wildlife experience <laughs> that we are here to share with each other and with you the listener in an attempt to uh destigmatize um uplift uh and in any in all other ways help other people in their own mental health journeys so and probably say fuck a lot Brandon, how much are you going to say fuck? I'm going to say it like, I'm going to use it like a comma. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. I, like I think that. I overdo it sometimes because I didn't swear for the majority of my life. But then when I hit like late 20s, early 30, I had like an existential crisis where it's like, guess what? Bitch, you're 30. Everything is pointless. <laughs> <laughs> fuck it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I like that. And that will probably come out in podcast uh i know that you and i ryan in particular had a very interesting and and uh theological upbringing brandon you know i don't even really know so you know we we don't have to talk about this more but maybe i'll learn a little bit more about what your upbringing was like from a spiritual standpoint with your family whatnot as we go through this but obviously not not the point of today's episode but probably a conversation that will be coming up yeah i think that would be a good topic to do too yeah. yeah, absolutely. My name is Ryan. I am 37. I live in Morgantown, West Virginia, and I am a can't say too awful much, but I am a um, mental health worker uh, and I specialize in helping people with addiction. And um, I am a dad, a son who is 17, a daughter who is 12. And I also have a stepson who is seven and a stepdaughter who is 10. I am typically, I have, just to be blunt, I am diagnosed with major depressive disorder and treatment resistant depression, which is basically just weapons grade sadness. Um, <laughs> I'm also a, uh, I host a podcast called uh, Nerd Life, which is, uh, a podcast where we talk a lot about nerd culture stuff, but from a um, a uh, more comedic point of view, less news and more uh, mocking, I guess, but in a fun way because we're all very much nerds. Uh, I'm a big time comic book collector, and uh, I was raised in an extremely religious home. Yeah, that's 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 a factor. Hey, keep an eye out for that because that's going to come up later. I'm very sure. Um, <laughs> And yeah, everything else is uh, just fun surprises for down the line, I guess. Brandon, you want to go next? Yeah, absolutely. I'm Brandon. I live in Parker's or Vienna, West Virginia, technically. I'm 36 years old. I have a daughter who is 13. She turns 14 this month. I work in soul crushing retail, so nothing nearly as glamorous as Ryan or Dave. <laughs> I was diagnosed with ADHD major depressive disorder, and I have bipolar 2, which is twice as good as bipolar 1, I tell myself. 
like if you're we have these jokes about like we have these like built like pre preloaded jokes about our issues that we I'm sure you've said that to other people in the past before, right? Yeah, I absolutely I, have. Good, yeah, because I do the same thing. But that's like part of it. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Well, it, I, I feel like it helps to destigmatize it some. Like I was at work yeah, and one of my managers was talking about one of their siblings and we're like, yeah, they have ADHD and bipolar. But they were saying it in a way that was like, that's what's wrong with them. And I mm-hmm. kind of took a little bit of offense to that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not trying to put my mental health out there for my work so I didn't comment on it. But it's like – you see people, and this is going totally off of track of who I am, but you see people who don't understand mental illness, especially when they hear like ADHD, major depressive disorder, bipolar, addiction, anything like that, and they just have no experience with it. They look at it like it's this fundamental flaw of a person that makes them who they are. Right, yeah. And I disagree with that. I don't think that our mental illness makes us who we are. I think it makes us part of who we are. But I don't think it makes us – I don't think it defines us entirely. I'm more than just a guy with bipolar. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, yep. absolutely. So, yeah, I was raised in a religious household as well. My dad now is a pastor. He wasn't when I was growing up. But my family has only gotten more religious as I've gotten older. Oh, my God. That's weird. I've got a parallel. Oh, sorry. Keep going. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, that's fine. That's about it. That's uh, so funny to me that you're – because, I mean, w- when I was a teenager and we would hang out together all the time, like, you're, I don't remember your family being particularly religious, religious. Like, I, obviously, your older brother was a very spiritual person, but, like, I don't recall them being, like, religious, religious. So the idea that your parents and family have gotten more religious, I kind of have a similar situation. Like, I was, my parents were always extremely religious, but, and I think this m- might have more to do with the shape of our you know, collective American culture right now, but they've gone mm. from being religious to like kind of a little more zealous. If that makes mm. sense. So mm. like, yeah. So it's, it's that kind of like Dave was saying, it's a, a nice, not nice, but it's an interesting parallel in our, in our journeys there. Yeah. 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 I, so I'll jump in here. My name is David Musgrave. I'm 38 years old. I'm, I'm the grandpa of the group. Um, but yeah, so similar, similar background to, to both Ryan and Brandon. And that is interesting, Brandon, because I, I feel the same way. Like I didn't go to your house nearly as often as I did, did Ryan's and you guys came to my house. Um, but I never got the feeling that your family was religious, which is why I said what I said a little bit ago at the top of the show. How dare you? Uh, yeah, well, I thought you were fucking heathens, so. <laughs> but same same concept. Well, actually, kind of a mixture of you two. I was raised incredibly religious uh, in a very very religious household, and my father was not a pastor, but he is now. Um, mm. But growing up, I had uh, two uncles that were pastors and a grandfather who was pastor. So you can see I was just inundated with. With that, uh, you know, shoving religion down my throat for sure. I was definitely indoctrinated from a young age. Um, realized, you know, I don't know what age it was. Pretty young. I mean, probably when I was 15 that it wasn't for me. Um, and then as I grew up through my 20s, you know, it was still kind of rebellion against it. But then as I grew into my 30s and my, my mature adulthood, I realized that, you know, I just don't believe the way that my family believes and that the way a lot of organized religion believes. So mm-hmm. not to say that I don't believe there's some spiritual things in this world uh, and in this universe. And again, we'll talk more about that. I'm sure that's but that's kind of who I am. Uh, I do work in the mortgage industry. I've worked in banking. I've worked in sales. I've worked in retail. I've worked in the food service industry in younger ages, of course. Uh, so I've seen a little bit of a little bit of everything as far as that's concerned. Uh, stay tuned for family updates, but I do not have any children. And what else defines me as a person? Mm, I don't know. I've always, you know, I've always considered myself a good person and a, a nice person. I do, and I strive and as I grow older to try to be just a kind person to just be a good person. It's really important to me. My podcast was actually the people versus happiness was started uh, to kind of define and ask questions about happiness and 
and see how we can be happier people and kinder people and those kind of things. It, it, it just ended up turning into me talking about things that I like with my friends. So it did kind of <laughs> go the nerd route. Um, but you know, you can kind of see that that's still something that's always been on my mind and in the philosophy behind some of these things, which again, we'll talk more and more about, I'm sure. But, um, lastly, there was something, Oh, as far as a uh, diagnostic of mental illness, uh, I've never been diagnosed with depression or anxiety or anything like that. And I will be frank that for most of my life, I don't think that I struggled greatly with it. However, I've been married to people who were certifiable um, in many different ways. And I, it, it's always been a part of my life and it, not directly myself and others. And then as I've grown older, certainly suffered through some bouts of of depression and, you know, frankly, substance abuse and, and other things as well that we'll kind of talk mm-hmm. about as we, as we delve deep into our pasts. Um, but yeah, that's, that's it. That's me. And I think just to touch on something you, you mentioned there kind of, uh, briefly, like you mentioned that you had, uh, been involved with and had, you know, family members who had, uh, issues that, you know, you dealt with and that's entirely valid like just putting that out there now like whenever you have someone that you love or someone that you're taking care of or someone that is taking care of you that has mental health issues mm-hmm. even if you don't even if you don't like claim ownership of that even if you don't think like those are your issues per se there's still issues that you're dealing absolutely you know? So it's just as in my in my experience anyway, it's it's just as valid of an experience as when you personally have those issues yourself, you know, and in some ways more. Well, I won't say more challenging. I'm sorry. I should not say that at all. Challenging in such a different way, though, when you can't understand what's going on in someone else's head. And and there's always always times where you start thinking, well, maybe they're just making this up or blowing it out of proportion. And why are they acting like this? And why don't they just smile? Why don't they just get happy? Why don't they snap out of it? You know, mm-hmm. all, all of those kind of stigmas that people just believe, well, you you don't have to be depressed. You can be happy. Yeah. Just so. go outside. I've heard that so many times. It <laughs> yeah, drives yeah. me fucking insane when people are like, well, you know, just try walking through the woods. <laughs> Like exercise, I get it is good, but going out into the woods, I'm just sad by trees. It's nothing. <laughs> it's nothing new for me. Yeah. yeah. See, that's my my dad all the time would just be like, "Oh, just just get over it, Ryan." Oh shit! Why didn't I think of that? Why am I thinking of getting over it? I've been I've been living in sadness and misery for like you know the past 17 years. I I could, I should have just gotten over it. You're right. <laughs> So here's the segment that we're going to be doing, uh, theoretically every episode. We'll see. Again, this is still the pilot. We might shift some stuff around, maybe, maybe recast some people. Oh man, I knew it. See yeah. you, Dave. That's right. We're going to, we're going to get, uh, Shapiro Copley in here to play Dave. <laughs> hey, all right. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> District nine, he can bring it. Um, yeah, so this segment we're going to be doing is just, it's the, we're just calling it a wellness. Um, and, and that means, uh, basically, uh, whatever the fuck we want it. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like, whatever you want to talk about. Are you, you feel like you're struggling with something? Did something totally rad happen? Did something, uh, totally shitty happen? Uh, just whatever it is you want to talk about or bring up or update us on or concerns you might have or just some shit that made you happy or made you sad, or made you stop and think, anything. So, uh, Brandon, do you want to go first for that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've actually been doing pretty well, man. I just moved into a new apartment, which, not to bury, or not to whatever it is, but you guys just moved too. Yeah. So you guys have been through it as well. But I just moved into a two bedroom apartment so I can have my daughter again. I was in a one bedroom and she was sleeping in the living room and it just she just got too old. The apartment got too small. So I'm in a two bedroom now. I I started working again, like I said, in retail. So it's not super great, but it's not bad. And I've been seeing a therapist regularly. I've been seeing a therapist every two weeks. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's over the phone too, so it's not as awkward as going into an office and staring face to face with somebody. Yeah, that's 
see, I think that's fantastic. I was, whenever the pandemic started, that was something that I was always, I was concerned about. Shit, like how, how are we going to see people? And honest to God, like telepsych has made it so more people are likely because you're like, you're absolutely right. It's, it's less awkward. It's less intimidating. It's less like, yeah, I, I equate it to this. It's like ordering Grubhub, but for mental health. Like, I don't have to drive. I don't have to interact with anybody at a front desk. I literally just kind of just sit on my couch and pull it up on my phone. Yeah, or my exactly. Or whatever. It's awesome. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt. Continue. Oh, you're fine. That's it, really. Um, that's what's been going on in my life. I really enjoy my therapist. She's really connected with me, and she's helped me work through a lot of stuff that I needed to work through, especially with being bipolar when things go well for you, you're just and you're in a good mood. You're just waiting for that shoe to drop. You're waiting yeah. for that depressive thing to come in, which I know will come in. And she's told me that that means that I'm growing as somebody that has bipolar is that I can recognize when something bad is going to happen, like mentally mm-hmm. and prepare myself for it and start watching for signs and symptoms. And, you know, I sleep a little longer than I should, or I stay up a little later than I should stuff like that. So yeah, yeah I'm really happy right now, actually. That's awesome. I think that's fantastic. And it's really hard. Honest, honest to God, like you, you, you might not, I mean, not you specifically, you, the listener, like you might not think it, uh, but um, getting help is hard. You know what I mean? And and because, like I said, like the three of us were raised in similar situations and we're of a similar generation. You know, we're all millennials. We're all raised by uh, boomers. And I, I'm, not, I'm only going to speak for me in this area, but some pretty toxically masculine boomers, some uh some dudes who are like, men don't have feelings. They have whiskey and revenge. You know, that kind of thing. So without, like, the ris- yeah, without the whiskey, but yeah. Yeah. So with, with that, there's like, you know, this whole uh, stigmatization. Yeah. But on like a, on a much more micro level, like, you know, there was this this intense uh, and I don't even know if I want to call it a stigma per se. But my my dad would just shit talk mental health like it wasn't a real thing as just us mm-hmm. being crazy or being lazy or just you know wanting attention you know so like for me personally it was like well i can't i can't do that because you know i don't want to i don't want people to think i'm lazy i don't want people to think i'm just trying to get attention i'll just suffer yeah. in silence because that's what a fucking clint eastwood guy does right mm-hmm. anyway it's, so it's hard it's hard to overcome those like built-in barricades that come from the way that you were raised so yeah. You know, it's easy for us on this side of that to be like, yeah, you should totally get help, you know. But I also understand on the other side of that, that that is that's quite a that's a that's a fucking journey to to Mount Doom, you know, to like to get to that place where you feel like you can get help, you know. And the, the unfortunate part of getting help, too, is it's never just one time that you get help. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an ongoing thing. You have to find the right person. Yeah. You're not going to find the right person right off the bat. Most people don't. Mm-hmm. It's about getting that energy within you to try and find somebody and to continue to try to find somebody. And I think that that's – I'm not tooting my own horn here, but I think that that is a huge step for somebody with mental illness to yeah. continue to try. And to take your mental illness away from, like I mentioned earlier, defining you to being something that you work on and you define yourself as your name and who you are and not your mental illness. Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think great. Good. I think I think that uh, I'm really glad to hear that, that you that you have a that you're in a good place right now. Yeah, so, I really am. Good first wellness check in. Mm hmm. About you, Dave. What's up with you that you feel comfortable sharing? Yeah, man. Well, you know, it's funny. I'm already as we're we're in the infancy of this podcast, I've already started having the feeling of like, wow, I'm I'm left out because I don't I've never really seen a counselor or something like that. But you know, I've I've realized that in my older age that while I have not seen a professional. I used to hide a lot of my feelings and pretend like everything was okay and, and put on a persona and never show any kind of weakness and never show that I'm worried about things. Mm-hmm. Uh, until, you know, really just within the last 
few years, I've started being able to open up and say, hey, not everything is okay, and I need help here, and I need these kind of things. And it's, it's me reaching out to friends and people I trust. Yeah. Uh, in, in particular, I've got somebody that I work with that kind of got me into the position that I'm in that I open up to pretty frequently, uh, you know, about things like being afraid of losing my job and things like that. As far as, as far as today and where I am, yeah, things are, are interesting for me. A lot is changing. I'm, I've exited one relationship and entered another one that is, uh, very serious and, and has ties into, you know, most of my entire life. Um, which again, we'll talk about this again, but this person has been in my life for, for a very, very, very long time. And so kind of realizing, uh, a connection there to the next level and, and what that means and what that looks like it all on top of not living in my home for the past couple of months. Um, I've been staying in, in Tryon, North Carolina, while some of the dust settled in my past relationship and just returned just this last week, um, just last Monday. So just last week, returning back to my home and, and going through uh, a little more of an emotional uh, whirlwind that I was expecting with that, just being back in town here. And and, and I kind of had escaped into the mountains and had this little wonderland where I could just go on hikes and there'd be beautiful waterfalls and just mountain scenes. And it's very, very good for what, what I was going through. Uh, but then the fairy tale kind of came crashing down. It's back to reality. The house was trashed when I got back. So, um, you know, we've been working to clean very, very hard. Um, Let me ask you something here. Was it maliciously trashed? Yeah, that's what I was just about to ask. It was more neglect, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that probably from a mental well-being standpoint, you know, I left my my previous partner. And I think that she probably broke down. She was never a very clean person, never, never a very neat person. But I think it became even worse because she probably is breaking down from a mental standpoint. And it may have been a lack of care that was somewhat malicious, but I think it was more neglect. Okay. Um, so it just feels like, you know, rebuilding my life and uh, a lot of different things um, going on that are really, really, really pushing me to try to be a better man, a better employee, a better worker, make more money. I, I control how much money I make in my job to some extent. Um, yeah. and I want to make lots and lots of money because I need to make lots and lots of money right now for kind of this next stage of my life. Um, but all of that comes with immense pressure mm-hmm. and therefore, you know, I'm dealing with some of that as well. When I feel like I'm having failures here and there, uh, trying not to let that just, you know, tumble the entire tower. And, and keep moving forward and keep trying to be better. Even when I've got, I'm juggling 18 balls and I'm dropping several of them. That's kind of vague. And again, I'm sure we'll get more, more detailed, but I'm overall, I'm very happy in, in many ways, in most ways, I'm happier than I've ever been in my entire life. I feel like I'm more myself again. That's um, good. Yeah, it is. It is. But, there's just it, it also comes with a, a side order of, of uh, uh, crippling pressure. <laughs> I understand that. But I mean, overall, it sounds like uh, more good than bad, right? It is. I'm where I need to be. I'm doing what I need to be. It's just it's just flipping the switch in a lot of different areas of my life and really kind of, you know, I'm 38 years old. But in a lot of ways, I have allowed myself not to grow up, not to. Um, fully realize some responsibilities. And even just within the last day, I had kind of an epiphany moment where I'm like, Hey, I gotta stop fucking around. Like, you know, the life is, life is getting real and I'm not getting any younger and some things are about to change and happen that it, it's now or never for me to, to make this career something very successful and become the person that I want to be and build the life that I want to build. And David from two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, certainly five, six, seven years ago, you know, he was in much more of an infancy stage of of his maturity and his understanding and and acceptance of of responsibility. So um, in a lot of ways, it feels like I'm becoming an adult. (laughs) Well, I think that's good. I also I also think it's worth um, 
noting that uh, you, you, you know, me? you get to decide what being an adult means for you. True. You know, like because I feel like a lot of times, especially like, God, one thing I fucking hate is the movie Fight Club. But uh, because of because of how how misinterpreted it is, how that movie is supposed to be like a an indictment of characters like um, Tyler Durden and, and whatnot. But people saw it and were like, yeah, yeah, that guy fucking rules. Um, but anyway, like one of the things he says is we're the middle children of history. We have no great war and all that mm. other uh, uh, red pill, eight uh, chan bullshit. But the fact is, is like empirically. Yeah, I mean, sure. You know, we we have we were given standards from a previous generation and said this is what you're supposed to do, and then they fucked off and destroyed the planet. You know, so like <clears throat> to that, I, I say like, well, we we get to pick. Ultimately, like they got to pick, we get to pick. Like, I have fuck tons of comic books and action figures all over my house, but you know, I I it's for me that is something that makes me happy and is just as valid as, you know, uh, drinking tiny scotches out of little tiny cups or whatever it is that grown-ups do whenever they're grown-up men do whenever they're looking mournfully out a window. <laughs> you know, so whatever makes you happy, you know, as long as you're not hurting yourself or somebody else. Whatever makes you happy sets you free. Yeah. Yeah, that's a song. So, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I've got a couple thoughts, follow-up thoughts for you there, Ryan. Uh, first first follow-up thought: you can't hate that movie too much. We watched it like twenty times when we were teenagers. Yeah, that's true. When we were teenagers, we we surely <laughs> did. But there's a lot of things we did as teenagers that turned out to be dumb as fuck. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> that's so, that's funny that you said that though, because that was actually one of the things. Um, uh, Someone pointed out, no, it was, I can't remember, I think it was my mom actually said something to me one time because I got all bent out of shape because somebody at some family function said something homophobic. And I was, I was like all up in, up in arms and like raw, raw, breathing fire. And they were like, well, you know, you used to say stuff like that when you were like 14 or 15. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm 35 now. <laughs> I have grown. Yeah. You know, it's like, let's see if that's uh, it's the old um, adage from the New Testament, a prophet is never recognized in his hometown, referring to Jesus, you know, like no matter what, no matter who you are, when you go back home, you're always going to be the person you were when you left. Right. <sighs> anyway, not to derail the conversation any further. Well, my only other follow up thought, and we don't have to, to go down this rabbit hole any, anything, but um, was, you know, th like you said, we we were raised by boomers. We see how they have made a lot of mistakes in the world and how we can choose what we want to be in this world. The problem is, though, that there's a lot of people in our generation that are perpetuating that still. So it, it's not just choosing to be who you want to be and the type of adult you want to be, but also navigating that a lot of people don't want to be that and don't want to help the world and be kind and things like that and living living with a conscious amongst that type of society is very painful and difficult sometimes but sorry yeah, just a it is. just a thought it absolutely is just a thought but yeah give us your uh, give us your wellness check in man um i'm fine mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's a question mark at the end of that statement i guess <laughs> no um no, I think I just, I got, I just moved into a house and moving blows. Yeah. As I'm sure everybody who has ever moved anywhere knows moving fucking sucks. Oh, yes. Can I just and, say something real quick? Um, yes. You are right. And by the time I was 19 years old, I had moved 21 years or 21 times. And that's not because my parents were in the military or anything. They just were sadistic. <laughs> yeah. Continue. Um, but, uh, I, um, I, every time I've moved as an adult, um, after I moved out of my parents' house when I was 18, every subsequent time that I've moved, it's always been under less than ideal circumstances. 
this was literally the first and only so far time where I have moved. And it was because like moving in a positive way. And so, nice. um, uh, I had, um, a couple of my friends come and help me move. One of my friends who was, uh, helped, helped me move several times in the past said, yes, I will come and help you move, but I am preparing for the worst. And I'm like, no, I understand. <laughs> I understand entirely. But all of my friends and I are on the wrong side of 35. So I was like, Hey, how about we just find some like 20 year olds, give them some money and pizza and say, will you move the heavy things for us? Mm-hmm. And, uh, we did that. And I got to tell you, it's a completely different fucking experience. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I mean, other than that was not terrible. I mean, not great, but not terrible. Um, and other than that, like, uh, work has been a nightmare. Um, social work on a good day is hectic and frustrating and stressful and a little bit rewarding. Um, but during the apocalypse that we've been having for the past 16 months, it's been, uh, the worst. The absolute worst. Uh, but I mean, you just gotta keep, keep doing it. You know, not just because we were trapped in a, the terminal stages of capitalism and everybody has to work all the time forever to die, but because people need help. Um, other than that, my, uh, my kids are, and my son is 17 and he, this weekend, Went with some of his friends to look at Shepherd's, Shepherd Town, Shepherd's Town, the college up there. Hmm. He's thinking of going to college because he's 17. Yeah. Which is fine. I'm fine with that. I'm fine hmm. with the fact that my son is the same age as Spider-Man. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> and I definitely didn't need to talk to a counselor about that. Yeah. <clears throat> That's but, crazy. uh, yeah, it's buck wild, isn't it? Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I think there's anything else crazy going on with me. Nothing it's exciting. Something. My cat's it's saying something. hi. Check up. <laughs> my cat's getting on my lap and being like, I would like to also be on a podcast. That, oh my God, this would be the best podcast ever. Please let your cat be on a podcast. Would you call it a pawed cast? I would. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say, Dave? Oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> After that, I've got, I've got no follow-up, dude. <laughs> oh, I know what I was going to say. I was yeah. going to say, uh, sometimes I still feel like you're 17. Jesus, you've got a 17-year-old kid. I know. Um, it's It's wild to think about because I definitely don't feel old. You know, I mean, I recognize I'm almost 40 and, uh, like my beard is gray. I mean, I shaved my head because I'm losing, I started losing my hair at 19. Um, and, uh, it's a shame those were some lovely locks at one point in time. God, I fucking know it. Uh, and sometimes for no reason, my body just hurts. So I recognize <laughs> that I'm not young in the classical definition. Mm. But I still don't feel old. And I think what I mean by that is like, I'm not like curmudgeonly and entitled and want things to go back to the way they used to be or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? So I think, I think it's more of a state of mind. And I think people, I think a lot of people our age are, are better about that, you know? Yeah. Give or, give or take. Anyway, any, uh, anything else you wanted to, uh, Talk about this. I'm sorry, my check-in wasn't nearly as exciting as uh, your guys's. I feel like. <laughs> no, I think it was. I mean, all, I, what what you hear in all of our check-ins is that we all moved. That's kind of funny that that all happened pretty much at the same time, um, and we all are having you know work-related change as well, or, or issues or concerns. Um, so obviously a big part of, like you said, American society and capitalism, of course, work is going to be something that's probably a frequent part of our wellness check-ins. So 
I do think that's kind of interesting. And what I will, will say next, though, is I know we were going to talk about, we had a, a, a topic um, that we were going to discuss, which is how to be a great person. I don't think mm-hmm. we have time to do this, so I think maybe we'll just move to the next segment and then the uh, community questions pretty quickly. But one thing I was going to say when we started talking about how to be a great person is that I think we got to start with how to be a good person because there's, those are two different things. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, that's probably a topic that we'll use going forward. And again, this is kind of Ryan's idea is really what gave birth to this podcast, um, which is why he's kind of running this first episode. But going forward, we're all going to run, take turns running episodes. And we'll pick different topics. So this will probably be a topic that comes back up. And we've, we've already discussed other topics. So it'll be good. Um, but since this is the pilot, I think it's almost appropriate just to kind of not even worry about the, the, the topic anyway and just kind of be a little more of a get to know you. Okay. Do you want to talk about the positivity time? That's it. And that's obviously going to be what we call this segment because yeah. certainly there's no better name than positivity time. <laughs> no. We're already committed to it. Um, okay. So this is a segment where we're just going to, you know, it's kind of uh, written on the tin there. We're just going to talk about something good that has happened this week. So we'll start with Brandon again because we started with him last time and the time before that. Oh, yeah. So something good that happened to me this week is my daughter started learning bass guitar. What? Which is awesome yes. because I was a bass player. And I still kind of dabble with it, but not as much as I wish I did. But yeah, she was learning kalimba, which is like a hand piano sort of deal. And then she was learning ukulele. And then she saw my bass guitar, and I was like, I did kind of force it on her at first. I was like, here, you got to try this bass guitar. But she learned a Pixie song on it. Oh, nice. Which one? Gigantic. Nice. Yeah, cool. a very a very easy baseline, but a good beginner baseline. It's one of yeah. the first I learned. Heck yeah! You think you'll pick up the bass a little bit more now that she's doing that? Yeah, because she's really she liked the bass, but she's really into the ukulele. Mm. So I'm thinking I'm gonna try to learn bass. I'm gonna try to learn the bass to some of the ukulele songs she plays. Yes, that's a good idea. Wow, that's so pretty cool. Yeah, so that was my positivity for the week. Very cool. Very cool. What about you, Dave? <laughs> Lay it on me. I- Iggy, my cat, is also now trying to be a part of the podcast. So they should just um, start their own show. Yeah, that would be. I would listen to it every day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> every day. <laughs> yeah, I would. Uh, yeah. So <sighs> my positivity of the week is. Um, I mean, I kind of already went over the positivity of being able to come back to, to my own home. And, um, I mean, I did some cool stuff and played miniature golf for the first time in a long time today. That was kind of fun. Mm. Um, you know, just trying to do some, some fun stuff and get out of the house a little bit, but this is going to sound silly, but the most positive thing that happened to me this week happened to me today as we were driving home, I saw a cloud that looked exactly like Godzilla walking across the horizon. And I'm talking like to scale, shape, everything. It was phenomenal. Fuck yes. Made my day. (laughs) What about you, Ryan? That would do it. Yeah. Um, well, um, Oh, I got one. It's not as exciting as, uh, child learning guitar or a Godzilla cloud, but the first episode of Loki dropped this week. Oh yeah. I am, uh, as m- anybody who listens to uh, my show or who has met me knows I'm big into comic books. And, um, I was extremely pleased because one of the things that has really been impressive to me personally, as far as like the Disney plus shows go is they fucking go there on those mm-hmm. shows. Like mm-hmm. the the first series, WandaVision, was all about like fucking grief and trauma and uh, the stages of grief and how yep. we handle like living with traumatic traumatic events. Uh, the second series, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, was all about racist systemic racism and how we treat um, troops with PTSD or don't treat them. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they just they just fucking go there and and every time. And so this one I was really looking forward to because it promised to get uh, weird as all hell, which I am yeah. here for. Me too. And um, it centers on Loki, the villain, so to speak. And the first episode really sort of like breaks him down to the point where he like sits and recognizes. He like sits with his shit that he has done and like recognizes like, yeah, this is. Fuck, man, this is what I do. This is who I am. Like, I do this not because I'm great and powerful, but because I'm weak and hurting people makes me feel strong. Yeah. That's what we, that's what weak people do. And I was like, oh shit. Like, yeah, really? really? Awesome. I really like the moment where Owen Wilson's character is talking with him and, and he keeps being like, I'm the, I'm a god. I'm the god of mischief. And he's kind of like, god of mischief? Really? Because it seems like you're just hurting people. It seems like you're just kind of being shitty. Is that yeah. mischievous to you? It's not fun. You're hurting people. Yeah, and he's like, I think you just like to hurt people. Yeah. And um, the that moment of clarity where he uh, drops the the protection around himself, the guard that he has up that he uses to keep people out, like the grandiose personality that he generates in order to keep people at arm's length from. Uh, from his, from his own vulnerability, like seeing that drop was one really impressive, uh, and two, that's just that's fucking good writing, yeah. and it's awesome to see that, to yeah. see that, yeah. and like have that shown as being a positive thing. Because yeah. um, I can't even. This is something I've thought a lot about and like talked a lot about on my show, but like we we often don't give our pop culture the credit that it's due mm. for the way that it influences our collective understanding of things. Mm. Like, for example, think about how many like fucking hero cop narratives out there are there that uh that we take as given. I mean like I'll be the first one to say I love Die Hard. That movie's rad. It's, it's literally my son's favorite movie. But it's a narrative about a rogue cop who goes off on his own and does a bunch of shady shit, you know, and we're fine with that narrative because it's shown as a positive thing. And then mm-hmm. we turn around and we have these, this like all this like back the blue bullshit where cops can do whatever they want, unchecked, murder people in the fucking street. And nobody says any goddamn thing about it. Cause they're fucking heroes when no, what they're doing is empirically wrong because they're gunning people down in the street, you know, but that's something that our culture has sort of, built into it because of the narratives that we consume. So when we do have narratives that are about like calling out systemic racism, calling out the way we treat people with mental health issues, call or uh, showing people, showing our heroes dealing with grief and trauma and healing and showing people our heroes having those moments of clarity. It's fucking huge. It's important. You know, so that's why anytime anybody wants to shit talk like, pop culture or superheroes or whatever, I'm like, well, okay, sure, that's your perspective, and that's perfectly valid, but you can't just dismiss it out mm-hmm. of hand because it informs so much of what we think about things. Well, you, know, you know, it's it's funny the, the way you just described that because as you started talking about this, I was like thinking, I'm like, wow, are we are we really going to really going to entertain this type of conversation on this type of podcast? But the more you went through that, I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Of course, because you just described, you know, an exploration of mental issues uh, that were represented in, in pop culture. But beyond that, it also is something that has very seriously shaped who we are as individuals and what our expectations are. Uh, so, yeah, right on. That, that's awesome, man. Have you seen Loki yet, uh, Brandon? No, I'm so behind on Disney shows. I haven't seen WandaVision or Falcon and the Winter Soldier either. So so I watched WandaVision, um, of course, and then started – I watched the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It didn't catch me, honestly. Uh, And then weird uh, new Captain America. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm not into this. So I I put that down for a long, long time. And actually just rewatched the first episode and the second episode 
uh, today with pure interest in. So uh, we'll probably watch through the rest of it. But yeah. Did it catch uh, you this time? It did. The second time it definitely did. I'm glad I went to the second episode and, and learned a little bit more. And, and it's interesting yeah. to see, you know, the Captain America character was not what I thought it was going to be. It's first portrayed as like, he's going to be this really dopey. Like when you first see him, you're just like, what the hell? Uh, it's a little deeper than that. I don't like him. And of course, I don't think you're supposed to like yeah. him, but, yeah. um, I'm, I'm interested to see how it develops more. And he's got big shoes to fill and it kind of deals a little bit more with his, uh, you know, expectation of, of filling that role and, uh, more than I was expecting it to. So I, I'd like to see where it goes. And I haven't really gotten into the, um, the themes that, that Ryan was discussing. So like, I'd like to see where that goes as well. Yeah. And, and I will say like Captain America has always been my guy at, uh, Marvel because I like wholesome boys. Um, and the, the, the thing that's great about this show, and I won't spoil anything, obviously, since you said you haven't uh, watched it, but the, the idea that the, the, I'm going to say fake Captain America represents mm-hmm. and like what he sort of like goes on to become is really really indicative of like how or it's uh, analogous to how like our culture views like soldiers so to Mm. speak Mm. um as like this thing that they can parade in front of people and be like look at this how isn't this great america am i right anyway uh we're gonna throw him at some shit and um it'll be fine because america right um versus sam falcon who, first off, is a person of color who has a completely different experience in the military, who also is a mental health counselor, you know, and who also comes from not a position of wealth and privilege, but a position of like small town, you know, struggling family, all this other stuff. He has a completely different experience and represents that America, you know, and and does so effectively. And they do not shy away from like the racial elements inherent in that kind of story. And I think, again, that shit's important. It is important that like, cause I know for me growing up, like there were obviously black superheroes. There's been black superheroes since the 1960s. Um, but like seeing black superheroes for me growing up was like it, it, having representation it, it normalizes other cultures and other like ways of life and other experiences and makes them, whether or not you want to openly acknowledge it, makes them valid to you. They're always valid, but from your perspective, like being exposed to those other cultures and those other ways of life and experiences makes them less abstract when you grow up, you know? So wow. I think it's awesome to have that kind of representation. Um, and I'm glad that they are, doing that and i maybe it's petty but i'm glad that it pisses off people on the internet <laughs> uh, but anyway i wasn't gonna turn i'm not trying to turn this into another episode of nerd life or something where i'm just gonna like rant about like representation in comics and media and stuff well i think that you know in particular this segment positivity time is probably a good place for that kind of of conversation because Again, we're, we're talking about mental well-being, but I, I think a big part of that is what's going on in our lives and what's, you know, whether it's just talking about a fun show that we watched or relating that back to society and culture. Um, mm-hmm. that's completely appropriate for this, for this podcast as far as I'm concerned. So nah, that was cool. I like Yay. that. But do you want to, you want to move over to the, uh, the community questions? Why don't we knock that out? Cause we've, we said we were going to do half an hour, and I freaking knew this was going to happen. Um, uh, <laughs> we're all chatty motherfuckers. Yeah, what do you know? <laughs> golden content right here. Um, okay, so our last segment here, uh, theoretically, is um, a community question. Basically, like, we're going to go to peeps on the internet and be like, hey, ding-dongs, what's something you want us to talk about? I probably, they probably won't call you a ding-dong, but it's a term of affection for me. Um, so I won't, question, I won't call them a ding dong. I want them to keep asking go. questions. <laughs> well, it's not like you're not a ding dong, like in a bad way, in like a lovable, like I love you, ding dong kind of way. 
But you anyway, are still well, calling him a penis. <laughs> Whoa, hey. Whoa. Maybe. Um, so, okay, so our question this week comes from Joshua Vakala. Huh? Maybe. Maybe that's how it's pronounced. I, I think you did a great job. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and that is, he says, he asks, at what point in your life will you decide to start the rest of your life, stop giving excuses as to why you can't do it? Mm. So, anybody have any initial thoughts about this? I wish that I could figure this out. That's about <laughs> where I am right now is trying to figure this out, Joshua. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think going back to my well, being check-in um i think that's what i'm trying to do right now i i feel like and excuses is great that's one of the reasons i like this question is because that you know when i when i was saying that i have an understanding now that i have to take responsibility it kind of made me realize that i have made excuses as to why um, you know, why I didn't keep the house as clean as I should have, or why I didn't exercise as much as I should have, or why I'm not doing as well at work. You know, I've got all these excuses. Well, oh, there's all these hard things going on in my life. I'll get to it later. Um, and that's the thing is it's, it really comes down to allowing myself not to better myself and start the rest of my life. So there have been some shocks to the system. So to speak, um, again, you know, we'll talk more about that later. Uh, but it, it, it has kind of taken being in the right place at the right time with the right people and the right circumstances to make me realize, damn, a lot of times I'm just convincing myself that I can, I can mess around right now and that I'll have plenty of time to be an adult, be successful and get what I want when we all know that if you continue to live that way with that kind of mentality, the next thing, you know, you wake up and you're dying and you didn't do it. So while I am in Brandon's corner of, I'm still trying to figure out what this looks like and how to completely stop allowing myself that excuses. Cause I feel the excuses coming back in, even with some of the um, new motivation, uh, it's, it's how do I keep those excuses away and really just start waking up every single day and having the discipline to, to live a life that is balanced from a health, uh, actual physical health, mental health, um, job, personal life, relationship standpoint. How do I balance all of that and, and live the life I want to without letting those excuses continue to drag me down? So I don't have the answer. Um, but I like to think that. Um, now is the time that I'm deciding to start the rest of my life and stop giving excuses as to why I can't do it. That's awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I'll say, um, okay. So this past week I actually listened to this, um, podcast series called my year in Mensa. And it was about a young journalist who takes the Mensa test to get into like the society for like super mega geniuses or whatever on like a lark, but then she mm-hmm. passed it. And actually mm. accidentally passed it and joined Mensa and like learned all about like how intelligence works. Mm. And one of the things that really struck me is that scientifically speaking, intelligence isn't a fixed thing. You know, it's not like you're always the maximum amount of smart you can be. It's something that fluctuates at different given points in your life. You're less smart and more smart, you know, and even then it's not like smartness is like, something you can really measure or weigh or carry. And I think uh, this kind of situation is, is a similar thing. Like there's going to be points in your life where you can stop making excuses, where you're going to be more dedicated and motivated and disciplined and whatnot, and you're going to move forward. And then there's going to be times when you stall out, you know, and those parts, they're there too. And it's not about like, kicking your own ass because that happened because that's going to happen. It happens to everybody. It's about recognizing that, allowing that to be part of your journey and then moving forward again when you can. Like if you burn a candle nonstop, eventually it's going to burn out. 
You know, if you pour com- constantly from one bowl, eventually it's going to be empty. And it's just, like your life is the same way. Like whenever you have these fits and starts, so to speak, a lot of times we we think about that as stalling out. But, you know, you can't run your car all the time, 24 seven either. And I and your life is a similar situation. Like you're going to be time. There's going to be fluctuating periods throughout your entire life where you make a lot of progress and then you're going to backslide or maybe you're going to stay in one place for a while and then you're going to make even more progress. Like it's less about like some from, from in my experience anyway, I'm not trying to speak to anyone else's experience. This is just what I understood and had happened to me. Like it's not like there's a goal and then you get there and then yeah, you won, you win life, you know, it's done. You can just chill in the, in the lobby for, until the heat death of the universe, like it's always going to be backwards and forwards. You know, it's always going to be like a pendulum swinging around, you know, and you might get a little further one way and not so much the other and whatnot, but it's less about like being strong enough to just always be going and more about being resilient and flexible enough for when it's not, you know? Um, so, I would say, uh, Joshua, Joshi, um, at what point will you decide to start, uh, whenever you want to, you know, and there's no shame in that. There's no shame in that being now. There's no shame in that being 15 years ago. There's no shame in it being 15 years ago and then you took a break and then you started again. Like, you know, anybody who says that, it has to be a particular way is trying to sell you something. So just bear that in mind too. Yeah, you and, ding and dong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. I like it. Um good answer. Good answer. I, I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, you, you probably have to start the rest of your life many, many times throughout your entire life. So that's that's a valid point. Uh, okay, well, why don't you summarize us and give some thoughts on next time, and we'll wrap this up. Next time on Dragon Ball Z. What are we talking about next time? I don't even know. It's not in the notes. <laughs> well, that's a great question. I guess, you know, we didn't talk about – well, we, this is a question for Brandon. Brandon, what do you think you want to talk about? You're going to be picking the theme. I think I'd like to go more into our pasts with religion and where we are now. Mm, that's mm. exciting. That is an exciting one. That is, and that will also color us in in a, in a different in a different not not a different light, but in a very specific light. I think that this is probably one of the things that makes up our personalities uh, almost more than than even nerd culture. Dare I say it? Uh, so that's, that's a great topic. I'm excited to talk about that one. Oh, me too. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all have a lot of different experiences on that, that we can kind of draw from. Mm. Yeah. And like I well, said, I think I'll learn more about you, Brandon, because I'm not really sure what this looks like for you, but sorry. Well, I interrupted. Yeah. Oh no, I was just, I completely agree. We're all going to learn a lot about each other and it's kind of, uh, it's kind of fun, you know? I mean, it, we haven't really been, and this isn't like any kind of indictment. Like, but, but the fact is, is like we, we haven't been like, uh, the close knit cadre of individuals that we were when we were like 17 and 18 for, you know, many, you know, many years. So it's going to be interesting to see like the, the evolution over time, you know, in, into, who we are now because the majority of my view of both of you is informed by the things I know from our past, you know? Mm-hmm. So to see, like to find out more about who you are now is just going to be really fun and exciting and interesting. Yeah. Yes, it is. And hopefully fun and interesting for the listeners as well. Yeah. We think so. We're very funny people. We didn't say fuck enough though. Like not nearly enough. I'll just, I'll scream it here.
No, it's a funny story. That's actually my mom <laughs> won't listen to my other podcast because she says I say the F word. Oh, my mom, who is like literally the most one of the most supportive individuals uh, for me in the world. She's like, well, I listened to one episode, but you use too much bad language. So I don't think I can listen. To that That's sweet. Like, that's fair. I, I, you know what? I don't need you to listen at all anyway, because we have made some jokes that mm. would probably make you cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you guys uh, want to talk about before we make Splitsville? I say we wrap it up. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Hopefully, uh, You'll come back next time. If not, you know, well, we didn't want you here to begin with anyway. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Obviously, we want you here. Um, and uh, thanks for listening. I'm Ryan Brown. I'm Brandon Full. I'm David Musgrave. And this has been We're Probably Not Okay. Brandon's back. <laughs> Tell a friend. Hey, Ryan, I'm back. Oh, good. <laughs> I heard that somewhere. She's a man gobbler. Hello. You just went super robotic on me. Yeah, me too. Yeah, you're still going robotic. Dave, you turn into a Cyberman. Yeah, Dave's a Cyberman now. Well, uh, well, this is a great place to stop. <laughs> All right. Okay, I don't know if you hear Dave, gentle listener, but he has apparently turned into a Cyberman. <laughs> I also tried to, uh, I tried to say I am Iron Man. I don't know if that came across as a robot or not. <laughs> it didn't, and that's a real missed opportunity. Damn it.